and welcome to The Heart of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Pyle Coley. Now, by this time, I'm sure you've all been following the news with the shocking conclusion that just came out by the Alabama Supreme Court that embryos are now considered children. Of course, this news took the medical community by storm because we were shocked to hear that IVF embryos that we had been creating for decades now had the same legal rights that children did. Even more shocking was the fact that not a single person who made this decision was a physician. They were all lawyers. Now, this news comes on the heels of the heated debate about the safety of COVID vaccines, which was another hot topic that the politicians made all the decisions on instead of the physicians. And don't even get me started on the ongoing debate about gun control, because that's yet another topic where physicians feel it's a public health issue and politicians feel it's a political issue. So today, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into these topics and talk about how doctors have so little input into these decisions. How these decisions, even though they don't involve us, impact our care at the bedside for the patient. And the ultimate question I want to ask today, when it comes to complex health policy decisions, have doctors become irrelevant? Joining me today is my guest, Dr. Omid Chazeri, who's a vascular surgeon in Denver, Colorado, and a good friend to discuss this topic. Hey, Omid. Hi, and happy Sunday to you. It's been a great weather outside in Denver, and, and, and I love your topic. I think there is just so much uh, depth to what you brought up with regards to how um, policy decisions made, whether they're on a local level, whether they're on a national level, happen to get in between your patient and my patient and myself and 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 how it affects our relationships. You're so right about that. I feel like our exam rooms have been getting more and more crowded with more and more people in there. It used to be just us and the patients. And now we've got politicians and we've got lawyers and we've got insurance companies and we've got almost everybody in the exam room with us. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about how this impacts the care of our patients. But before we get to that, I want just your gut reaction. I have to tell you, I'm angry. That's my kind of initial reaction is is anger that I've been sort of left out of this decision making, that our medical training, our expertise, our years of learning and serving patients has not been considered when making some of these decisions. But tell me, how did you feel when you heard about any of these decisions and kind of how they changed the way that we practice medicine and yet we have no input into them? I agree with you. Um, I think it's both challenging and frustrating when politicians and lawyers who often lack any medical expertise make decisions on these complex medical topics. You know, these decisions seem sometimes disconnected from the realities of medical science and and what you and I do in patient care. And our reaction, as you suggested, is, is either concern or anger. And, and for me, it's mostly how, how are these policies going to really affect my ability to provide the best possible care for our patients, right? There's always this delicate balance between regulation and overreach, but it really fails to consider these nuances of medical practice. So I'll give you a perfect example. There's like, let's just say something very innocuous, like insurance, right? Uh, You would think, oh, insurance, what does that have to do with it? But really the way government policies can influence treatments and medications available to patients 
they have an approval process and the insurance has to approve it. Or for example, the way healthcare providers are reimbursed by government funded insurance companies, right? Like Medicare and Medicaid, that can influence the type of care that I deliver to my patients. A perfect example is the fee for service versus the value-based care model. So I think I appreciate that there are public health priorities, but I'm equally frustrated as you are. To your point, like every single policy, whether it's a it's a health policy or it's a, a legal decision, does impact our ability to deliver care. So I do think it it should almost be a requirement when we are changing policy, health policy in particular, which is very nuanced and complicated and requires a sophisticated understanding of the material itself to have representation of physicians in those decisions. And I think to me, yeah. you know, it started out with anger, but now it's kind of turned into you know, sadness, like we've lost our ability to sort of speak up. We've lost our seat at the table as physicians and we're crippled in terms of of having such a, a good understanding of the subject matter, but not being able to convey it to others, you know? Yeah. Well, let's let's just back up a second and think of the role that physicians have in policy making, right? We are the experts, right? We have firsthand experience right. in patient right. care, right? we should have significant input into decisions that affect healthcare and the delivery of healthcare, right? The, the degree and the nature of our involvement can really vary depending on what specific issue is at hand. But but this is not about power, right? I'm not right. looking for power. It's about ensuring policy. And it's not about politics. This is not about no, politics. So no, I want to make no, sure that that's clear. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just want to make sure that that we ensure that these policies are informed by practical and scientific knowledge. That's all, right? We just want to make sure that we bring our clinical expertise, we bring in the patient advocacy, right? We often understand our patients, their needs better than anybody else, better than any politician or lawmaker policymaker. But right? I, I'm, I'm going to push back on you a little bit because one of the, the challenges is, of course, we're physicians. Of course, we know the medicine, but we also probably have political leaning, right? And I think this is the concern that a lot of politicians and attorneys have is that physicians, certain physicians become too entrenched in the decision making. They may be too far left or too far right or what have you. And they could be hidden politicians, you know, closeted politicians posing as physicians where they're really pushing their political agenda. So how do how do you think about separating those two things, our political biases and aspirations versus what we know as physicians and scientists? Well, I think I would look at it slightly different. And I would think that these frustrations may want to motivate me to even advocate further right? And this may motivate me to be actually more involved in advocacy or policy making, right? I, maybe I want to be more political. Many physicians feel a responsibility to ensure that our expertise is really heard in the public arena, particularly on these issues that directly impact healthcare delivery and patient outcomes. So it, it's not about being more political, but maybe being more involved. More advocacy. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There always has to be this interdisciplinary collaboration between us and and uh, the medical professionals and the policymakers. But but these policies are even more effective when we incorporate everything, meaning 
medicine, meaning law, meaning economics, meaning ethics. But but we have to have a seat at the table. And and running away from it, I don't think helps anyone. But you know, I and, and I would even say, like, I mean, in talking to a lot of our physician colleagues and such, I feel like when it comes to being a Republican or being a Democrat, you know, being left or right, many of us may have our political leanings, but we do a good job of not letting that penetrate into what we want to give for our patients. So I feel like it's we're almost agnostic when it comes to what's best for our patients, because whether we're Republican or Democrat as a physician, I don't think the way we think about delivering care to our patients changes. And so I think that's where I would say that our personal political biases do not necessarily affect how we care for our patients on a day-to-day basis. And that's why I would encourage more policymakers to try to involve us so that we could potentially help them to understand the science better. And I think this IVF thing is a really good example of you know reproductive medicine being a tremendous advance over the last several decades. And now, as we've seen, it's come to a screeching halt in many Alabama clinics. There are you know, couples in the middle of their IVF treatment that have had to sort of stop it cold turkey. Not only does that have obviously health implications, but emotional, financial, legal mm-hmm. implications for their journey as well. And so these types of decisions, I mean, even the, the wearing a mask thing, it's a medical decision that got turned into a political debate to create political agendas around it. And and more recently, I don't know what you think of me, but I feel like we've had more of these recently than ever before, one after the other after the other. And I'm wondering if in a way, the more that they come, the more they come, you know, the more it's creating a bit of a precedent where policymakers are making all the medical decisions and the doctors are just kind of putting up with it. I believe it's it's a sad state where people have a trouble coming to the middle on on these kind of issues and it's one thing when you're considering policies that don't necessarily affect healthcare um and not to belittle other people's causes because that's not what i'm trying to say but when you now consider an embryo a child can i now and go and freeze my children because I have children, and if embryos are frozen, can I freeze my children? I mean, I mean, it, it gets yeah. it gets kind of ridiculous, right? Like right. when right. when you start and, and thinking some of those it, embryos, and... some of those embryos would not chromosomally be able to be viable because of the the chromosomal abnormalities that they contain. They could never actually become a child, mm-hmm. you know. So the argument that just because something has the potential one day to become something, it necessarily makes it that thing at that time. To me, it's just a shaky argument. And it's almost more of a spiritual discussion, I would say, rather than necessarily a medical one. Don't you think? No, for sure. And 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 I think, you know, everyone has their their, like you said, their spiritual calling. And and at the same time, I understand how things are difficult for governments, right? They they do have to set public health priorities. Um, but I think there's so many other public health priorities that we can focus on that are much more helpful to millions of Americans. For example, putting emphasis on preventative care and primary care, allocating more resources to screening and early intervention for diseases. I mean, there's there's just so much more important stuff uh, that I think that our politicians need to be focused on, and not to mention the sort of the hypocrisy of preventing 
people from having families when they're trying to have families, right? It, 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 none of that really made any any sense to me. But but I think, you know, when government decisions influence medical care or even medical education, as they can often do, I don't think anybody wins. And I mean, we you know we talked about our patients. I feel like they're kind of at the crux of this journey with us. And you know, when it came to the COVID vaccine, I still have patients who are are scared to get it. And they've never gotten it because of all the information, misinformation and disinformation that was put out about it. And now you're going to see a, a, a number of people, you know, trying to go to other states to get their fertility care, trying to figure out what their options are, because this type of a decision is obviously going to have a domino impact on not just the care for the patients in those states, but in other states. I know that here in Colorado, we have had a large influx of patients coming to seek abortions and termination of pregnancy from other states. In fact, so much so that many of the local Colorado residents can't actually get access to that care in a timely fashion. So there are long, long wait lists now for women to have terminations of their pregnancies, whether it's a termination electively that they want to have or if they need a termination because you know, the, the baby's not viable and, you know, they need to evacuate the uterus. So so to me, it's it's such a, a, a you know, if you drop a stone in a pond, you get ripples, right? And that's what yeah. has happened with, with each of these decisions. And now we're dropping many stones in the pond. So you're seeing ripple after ripple after ripple. And, and at the end of the day, my biggest worry, honestly, Omid, is that we're actually taking away the credibility of the physicians and the scientists. I know like Dr. Yeah. Fauci was, you know, had a target sign on him the whole time. But now I think it's it's almost like it's symbolic for what's happened to the medical community. We all have that target sign. I was going to exactly say the same thing that, you know, the credibility of, of physicians in the eye of the public is what really matters here, right? When, when medical professionals are seen as sidelines in healthcare policy discussions, it can right. really undermine the public trust in both the healthcare system and us professionals that work within it, right? It, it, it just suggests that the medical expertise is not the primary driver of healthcare policy. And this is incredibly disconcerting for patients and myself. And at the same time, when physicians are visibly involved in shaping healthcare policy, it really enforces the trust that the public places in us as stewards of their healthcare. So I, I think you bring up an incredibly important point that what is this whole nonsense is really undermining the credibility of physicians, whether the politicians understand it or not. And not, not just physicians, but also scientists, people who who spent their lives doing research and, and have demonstrated safety of procedures or, or medications and things yeah. that are now just, you know, a, a decision of it based on a gavel. Where does this leave us? You know, should we as physicians, should we be allowed to overturn these decisions? You know, would this open us up to uh, the attorney general in Alabama has said he's not going to do any a criminal penalties, but it could certainly be, you know, civil penalties or civil prosecution if somebody violates these. So I, I just, you know, I've kind of left with the what now question when it comes to us as physicians. Do we just sit back and see how it unfolds? Do we speak up? Do we, uh, you know, push back? What is the right way for us to advocate for our patients and for healthcare and for medicine so that this doesn't become a trend, this doesn't become something that we have to continuously be working around? And, you know, my mind goes to those poor physicians who trained to be IVF doctors, who trained to be reproductive endocrinologists. 
because their entire career was to, you know, create embryos and, and give this beautiful, you know, option to couples that are struggling with infertility. And now all of a sudden, this type of a decision has completely changed the ethics, the legalities, the, the medicine of how they do it. What do you think? I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think the idea of physicians overturning political decisions itself is incredibly complex and and has its own challenges. But yeah. there should certainly be mechanisms where we have strong medical voices to be heard in, in, in the policymaking process. There should be advisory panels, expert committees, and there should be direct involvement in policy drafting, whether it's through our national organizations, whether it's through um, political action committees that, that are run through our national organizations or locally, we have substantial input and we should have substantial input in these decision making given our expertise, given our firsthand experience in patient care. Our input is invaluable. The question is, is anybody listening? Right. And and um, right. and that so, goes right. back to your original argument between the right and the left and, and the middle. Is is anyone willing to come to the middle in, in any of this, right? I, I totally understand the need for regulation and policies. Um and but but those need to be shaped with the deep understanding of medical science and the realities of that we have with regards to patient care, as you suggested. The reality is you have these women who are in the middle of their IVF treatments, right? And all of a sudden, what are they going to do? They've been getting hormones, they've been getting treatment, they've been getting ready for this, and and uh, all their hopes and dreams are just what put on hold. Right. It, it's kind of awful, it, it, and 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 I hate to just use that example because there's other medical examples like we can use, or like you mentioned, the COVID nineteen vaccine or any other thing. What we need to do is to make sure that the policy making is not just beneficial to ensure the health system but it has to help everyone it, it has to be in the best interest of patients it has to be in the best interest of public and you and i take care of patients and and you and i help people through their disease processes not policy makers right and and i think there should be a way for us to have a voice so that we could appeal so let's say the policymakers decided to have this decision just like you know if you're on trial for murder you can you get you get convicted you can still appeal the decision the medical community should be able to provide a medical appeal to medical decisions and that's where professional organizations could represent us as a whole and you know if physicians want to get involved and and write in or sign petitions or talk to their local policymakers, but we should be able to have a mechanism in place where physicians can express their discontentment with a decision, even if it's already been made to the point where, you know, the, the people sitting at that desk with the gavel aren't listening. So we should be able to have that voice. And I, and I really hope that the, the winds have not changed so much that we've lost the voice. Somehow in the last few years, I'm starting to feel, you know, I said anger first, then I said sadness. Now it's turning into hopelessness or despair because I worry that, you know, we've taken our white coat off. And I say that, of course, you know, literally most people don't wear white coats, but also symbolically, uh, the physician has is not the same, uh, you know, respected professional expert that they used to be. And they're now challenged by the insurance companies, the politicians, the lawyers, the patients, 
almost everyone at every step of the way. Absolutely. And and I, I hope uh, you you don't go through all the stages of grief that you just <laughs> that you mentioned. Well, I, uh, well, but... I think the last one is acceptance. <laughs> so I'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things you we can do, you know, um, media engagement. Uh, you're so involved in, in educating the public through your other media engagements that I think it's important. I think we continue to collaborate with our stakeholders. Um we, we join forces with our professional advocacy organizations. We, we, we can do public awareness campaigns, making sure that the public understands the implication of certain government decisions. And we just have to keep pushing those through. Um, we, can, we have to be good researchers. We have to prevent, uh, sorry, present good evidence. I mean, this is one of the most powerful tools that we have is our evidence-based medicine, presenting research findings and clinical data to policymakers to help them understand their decisions and the impacts of their decisions. Uh, yeah, there's I mean, a the lot power that of science. Do. That's what you're talking I, about, the power of science. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot that we can do. It's just there's 24 hours in a day, and, and we're so focused <laughs> on taking care of the individual in front of us that sometimes we, we, we sort of lose the the bigger goal but we can't we, we we really have to keep pushing it well i would say to all the patients and physicians listening out there uh, i think well what omid and i just want to express is that if you if you see something say something you know speaking up uh, using all the channels uh, and the tools at, at at your fingertips to really try to help inform policy and changes in the medicine both from the bottom up and from the top down i think is how we're going to make sure that we hold control of medicine and and most importantly provide the optimal care to our physicians. So, you know, we want I want to thank you Omid for a really stimulating discussion uh and for helping me with all my stages of grief. Uh, and <laughs> to our audience, we hope that you'll write in with questions, comments, reactions, tell us how you felt when you heard about this decision. Uh has it changed the care of your patients? Do you feel differently about your physicians as a patient now that you've heard this type of a decision or others. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please do review us. Until next time, take care. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by Zoll LifeVest. New data from 96,000 real-world patients show advanced arrhythmia discrimination technology was associated with a significant reduction in false alarms. See how these results may improve your patient's experience at lifevesttechnology.com.